Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from the Rogers Center in Toronto. It's the Cleveland Guardians 7, the Toronto Blue Jays 2. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And man, what a way to cap off a Sunday, a series finale. The Guardians have not lost a series since the All-Star break, and they continue it against one of the title contenders in the American League this year, the Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, absolutely, uh, this series was a measuring stick for Cleveland's real playoff potential. And man, I guarantee you the Blue Jays do not want to see Cleveland's name come up uh, in some kind of wild card series uh, to kick things off because they really handed it to him in this one. Facing Gossman, the guy that they paid a lot of money for, who's had a pretty good season for them. The Guardians offense did what it does. I mean, yes, we get a home run uh, early in this game. We get a solo home run from Ahmed Rosario. But then we just absolutely pound away at Kevin Gossman, uh, chip away, add runs, uh you know, in weird ways and in interesting ways, uh, string together base hits, get some good bat bip luck, and we run Gossman out of the game after four and two thirds innings. So uh, yeah, it's a really, really fun game from the Guardians on this one. Uh, even adding runs in the ninth inning. I mean, we've saw it earlier in that Detroit series, right? That last series where we scored so much early and then. Uh, the offense kind of putters to the end of the game, and the pitching has to hold on to a lead. In this one, they were even able to add in that ninth inning uh, it, to the point where Emmanuel Classe was warming up for a save situation at 5-2. And by the time he comes into the game, it's no longer a save situation. But hey, he's the guy that's up and loose and ready to go. So he goes into the game to finish things off in the ninth. All right, so let's get into the storylines of this one. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest, I did not like this lineup construction uh, when they announced it. Owen Miller taking away at bats from Andres Jimenez, taking away at bats from a Benson, or Straw taking away at bats from a Benson or a Jones. I didn't love it, but uh, Francona said to combat Gossman's splitter, they loaded the lineup with right-handed hitters. And after looking at Gossman's numbers, turns out he's got reverse splits. I did not know this. I I admit when I tweeted that out, I did not take the time to research this. But right-handed hitters are hitting 305 against the right-handed pitching Gossman. Left-handed hitters are hitting 240. Right-handed hitters have a 778 OPS. Left-handed hitters have a 601 OPS. Right-handed hitters are have a strikeout to walk ratio of 5.12. It's still pretty high. Left-handed hitters have a strikeout-to-walk ratio of 13.75. Yeah, that's what we call reverse splits. Also, while we're on Gossman's page, he hasn't been as good at home. Hitters are hitting 324 against him at home, whereas away, they're hitting 227 off of him. He's got a 463 ERA at home, uh, where he's 3-6. and six. On the road, he's a 183 ERA, where he's 5-3. and three. Big difference. Significant difference right there. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, uh, they get lucky to get Gossman at home, and they continue the trend. Right-handed hitters pound them. 
Uh, he gives up a bunch of runs. He struggles at home. I mean, everything played out. Man, if you were a better in Vegas and you just looked at those reverse split numbers for Gossman, I mean, you made easy money on this one because it played out exactly like someone would expect it to play out looking at those numbers so far this season. All right, so what actually happened? What are the details? I actually want to start with Shane Bieber because Bieber was good. Bieber was really good. And uh, Hedges talked about it in the postgame interview with Andre Knott. But the velocity, the velocity was back. So unless they just use some souped-up radar guns there at the Rogers Center, uh, his yearly average on his fastball was been 91 miles per hour. His average on this day was up to 93.1, and he maxed out at 94.6. It's 2.1 miles per hour over his yearly average. If he can continue to do that, that's fantastic. Now, he didn't get many whiffs on that fastball. In fact, they hit it pretty hard. The average exit velocity off that fastball was 101.5. He gave up a lot of hard-hit balls on the day. I mean, it's pretty incredible. He gave 12 hard-hit balls on the day, but limits them to two runs. Um, going back to his player breakdown really quickly, uh, as you would expect, uh, the slider got a decent CSW number, a 32%, five whiffs on that. The cutter actually had a nice whiff rate, a 44% whiff rate on the cutter. The knuckle curve, he did not use a lot in this game. I don't know if he just wasn't feeling it. He only threw it nine times. He was mostly fastball slider cutter on the day. And I bet you if we look over at the illustrator and we bring up just left-handed batters, you're going to see a bunch of those cutters. Yeah, he likes using that cutter against those lefties. Uh, he did throw a few to righties as well. Uh, mixed a couple of them in. A bunch of low cutters trying to bury it down out of the zone, get him to chase, almost like you would a slider. Interesting to see there. Um, so he was using it. He was feeling the cutter on the day and used it against both lefties and righties. Um, so yeah, so not eye-popping CSW numbers on the day because he wasn't really getting the strikeouts we're used to seeing. And it, frankly, that probably helps him last longer in the game. He only... So his final line is seven innings pitch. He gives up eight hits, straight, you know, spreads out eight hits, gives up two earned runs, no walks, six strikeouts, no home runs allowed, 99 pitches, and like we said, he's hard hit uh, 12 times. Now, he's able to last for seven innings and throw 99 pitches, whereas Gossman on the other end only lasts four and two-thirds and throws 98 pitches. So Bieber much more efficient with his pitch count throughout the game, and it's a reason he lasts so long, and it's probably a reason he doesn't have as many strikeouts as you're used to seeing. When you're working for double-digit strikeouts, right, you're throwing a lot of pitches. You can't last as deep in the game. Sometimes to last a little longer in the game, you do have to pitch a little bit to contact. Now, you don't want to be hard hit 12 times. You don't want to give up eight hits necessarily, but uh, he does a good job of throwing on the brakes when it looks like Toronto has a chance for a rally and frankly shuts down Vladimir Guerrero Jr. who came in with a 20 plus game hit streak. Uh, Guerrero twice in this game has a real chance to blow things wide open. Guerrero comes up in the fifth inning and he's got two guys on. He's got Espinal on third. Guerrero had just doubled ahead of him. So they got two guys in scoring position for for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And they sit back and they take the ground out. He gets him to ground one. 
two short stomp, and they take the out. Uh, Espinal does come in to score, but they prevent some real damage. I mean, it was 5-1 to one at that point. Guerrero, at any moment, can turn that into a three-run home run. So they take the out, and they limit the damage there. And then in the seventh inning, this time he comes up with two outs after Merrifield singled. Guriel singles in front of him with two outs. He's got two guys on again, and he leaves Bieber in there. I mean, Bieber is up there in pitch count at this point. I'm sure he has someone warm in the bullpen, but he leaves Bieber in to face Guerrero because Bieber has been good against Guerrero in his career. Uh, he has shut him down all day, and he gambles and leaves Bieber in to face Guerrero and gets another ground out to end things in the seventh inning. So uh, Guerrero had his chances in this game, and he leaves, personally, he leaves four men on base in those two innings. Um, well, I guess he does knock in a run in that fifth inning, but it could have been so much worse. It could have been much more. So he does leave four people on base uh, throughout this game. So, yeah, that's a huge thing for Shane Bieber right there. Uh, you know, conquers a lot of things here. Goes deep into the game, survives being hard hit on his fastball, uh, and survives Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So it's a really, really strong start for Shane Bieber. Now, on the other side, Gossman was getting hit around, and the Guardians have some really good bat bip against him here. Uh, first, I mean, in the first inning, he gives up a home run to Ahmed Rosario. That's just nice to see. I mean, Ahmed Rosario, not really known as a home run hitter. Uh, first pitch of the at-bat, though, fastball right down the pipe, and he turns on it. Uh, all right, you want to throw him a fastball there? Even Ahmed Rosario is going to turn that into a home run. I'm talking right down the pipe, just above the belt, 106.8 miles per hour, 422 to dead center field. We've seen this before. Ahmed Rosario can hit some 400-plus home runs. He has that kind of pop when he squares one up. Uh, then the Guardians just kind of chip away at him. Uh, they're able to add runs in the second inning. Owen Miller and Austin Hedges put together a run in the second inning. Owen Miller, again, I ripped him for being in the lineup, but he does have a good day, game. You can't deny it. He has been re- He's been pretty bad since April. The April numbers inflate his overall numbers on the season. He's been pretty bad since April, but he does have a good game here. Good game here. You can't deny it. He rips a double into the left field corner at 106.6 miles per hour. And then Austin Hedges, two batters later after a Freeman pop-up, Hedges would bloop one into center field. It's such a bloop job that it actually bounces off the turf and over Tapia's head. That's what I'm talking about. That is some good bounce. That's a good luck for the Cleveland Guardians, and Miller's able to come in to score after initially having to hesitate, wondering if Tapia is going to catch the darn thing. So Hedges, they get one there, and then they're able to combine again in the fourth inning. This time it's Freeman and Austin Hedges. Once again, Austin Hedges has some good bat-bip. He, after a Freeman single, Hedges puts one down the right field line. It's a bit of a bloop job. It's an 80.6 mile per hour exit velocity. It's a 45 degree launch angle. It's an expected batting average of 0.030, except Biggio, who is in right field uh, for the uh, for the Blue Jays, just can't get there. And it bounces. It bounces past him. And uh, Hedges ends up with a double. Freeman comes in to score. Freeman actually had been very aggressive on the base pass in that inning. He had stole second, and then he moved up to third uh, on the bad throw. They were running all day on Kirk. Um, 
So Freeman puts himself in scoring position there and then Hedges brings him in with that bloop double down the right field line. So yeah, just really, really everything they scored on was just some crazy bat bip on the day. Uh, in the fifth inning, when they knock Gossman out of the game, it's uh, it's the middle of the lineup that gets it done this time in the fifth inning. It starts off with Ahmed Rosario with a walk. That's nice to see. Walking the leadoff an inning is always going to be a problem. On a wild pitch, he moves up to second. Ramirez does strike out in this at-bat, but Naylor fires one off of Whit Merrifield's glove, who out in shallow right field dove to his right. It glances off his glove. It rolls into center field, and uh, Ahmed Rosario is able to come all the way around to score. So again, some really a good bounce for the Guardians. This just kept happening all game. A really good bounce. Gonzalez uh, hits into a ground up, but he's able to beat it out, uh, beat out a double play attempt, hustles down the line, and he's safe at first, which would allow the Guardians to score another run because this time Owen Miller would double into the right field corner and again get a good bounce. The ball kind of wraps around Kevin Biggio out there in right field, so he can't really come up with the ricochet cleanly, and it allows the runners to just keep on running. With two outs, Oscar Gonzalez is going to come all the way around and score from first, and it's an RBI double, two doubles on the day for Owen Miller. I did not see that coming, uh, and that would knock him out of the game. That would knock Gossman out of the game right there. So, yeah, a really good job. I mean, the Guardians score. The Guardians put runs across the board in four of the first five innings. That's Guardians baseball right there. Uh, that's that's fun baseball. Man, that many runs up on the board in different innings. I know we love crooked number innings here. I mean, everybody loves crooked number innings. But to put runs across in four of the first five innings has to feel really good. And then in the ninth inning, I mean, heck, let's add a little insurance to it. Why not? I mean, even though we got our closer warming up in the bullpen, they bring in Trent Thornton into the game and uh, gets the first two outs. Straw in that ninth hole did not add anything offensively on that day. I think he made some few good defensive plays out there, but nothing that I don't think Benson probably could have made as well. Uh, and so I, I know they stacked the lineup with right-handers because of the reverse splits. But I would have liked to see, ah, man, I really would want to see Benson and Jones get those at-bats over Straw uh, in center field right now. I mean, Straw is just struggling. He's in another big slump. Uh, so after two outs in the ninth inning, Quan singles. Uh, he's got to get in the hit column. Everybody in the starting lineup except Straw ends up in the hit column on the day. Uh, he steals second base. Why not? We're running on Kirk all day. And then Ahmed Rosario ropes a single into center field. Quan comes around to score. And then it's Jose Ramirez's turn to get in the hit column. After striking out three times on the day, he delivers an RBI single. He drives one into center field. And Ahmed Rosario would come in to score. Um, it's interesting because uh, Thornton just put these balls in uh, bad places for these Guardians hitters. Um, let me scroll down to Thornton here. So uh, the single from Quan is a fastball down and in. The single from Ahmed Rosario is a curveball down in a way that he stays on and rides in the center field. Uh, it's just above the knees. And then the Jose Ramirez fastball is up and away, batting from the left side, and he does a great job. What do you do with pitches up and away? You shoot them the other way or back up the middle. 
I mean, hitting them to center field is an extension of trying to go the other way. Oftentimes, you know, you're looking the other way and maybe you just square it up more than you thought you would and it ends up in center field rather than the opposite field. Still a good approach from Jose Ramirez here who knows he's got to get in the hit column and has a chance for an RBI. So he drives in a run. So our, yeah, our top three guys go back to back to back and put together two more insurance runs in the ninth inning. It's great stuff. Great stuff. Takes it out of a safe situation. And, man, adds a little bit of fun and excitement uh, to the ninth inning of this game. Uh, A ninth inning which, frankly, after a very long week, I was snoozing through. Uh, I think I opened my eyes to see Classe in the game and finish off the save. Uh, So I had to go back and go, wait a minute. It was 5-2. to What happened? Oh, 7-2. Oh, nice. All right. Uh, Me, the baby, and the dog all taking a nap at the same time. Uh, So that's what was going on in my house yesterday. And yeah, it's a really fun series win for the Cleveland Guardians. I think you got to admit, this was a good series against the Blue Jays. This was a lot of fun from Friday through Sunday. We end up on top two games to one. And now we get to come home and face Detroit for a nice long set here in Cleveland. We got four games against them before we finally get another off day. And then the White Sox come to town. So there's really a chance to pad this lead in the American League Central, which, by the way, is up to two and a half games. And Minnesota and Chicago are tied now uh, at the two and three spots in the American League Central. They're both two and a half back. Uh, Minnesota had a bad weekend. Uh, so, yeah, we really have a chance to pad this lead. I mean, with a doubleheader, I don't know if anybody else, at this point, I feel like everybody's playing doubleheaders to catch up on the season. Uh, I believe we are the only doubleheader, though, in the American League Central. I think we're the only doubleheader on the day. So, yeah, the Twins do play the Royals. Uh, The White Sox play the Astros, so they're in action. But with that doubleheader, if we can sweep, we have a chance to add another, you know, half a game to our lead. So that's really big. Without any control from those other teams, we could pull further ahead. So we'll see what happens We've got Savali on the mound in Game 1 against Hutchinson, which we saw we saw him last series. And then in Game 2, they're calling up Xavion Curry. Now, Battenfield was here in Toronto as a replacement for Karinczak, even though he doesn't get into the game. It's a shame. I, I would have been nice to get that guy an inning under his belt of Major League Baseball just so the fans could see who he is, so he can, you know... You know, he'd he'd have that experience. He'd have that one inning under his belt. He'd have that moment where he could say, I was a Major League Baseball player. Unfortunately, he doesn't get into the game in any of these three games in Toronto. So he will go back to AAA. It's not a roster move because it's like an exempted move because of the COVID situation and the vaccine situation traveling to Toronto. So Karinczak will be back in the bullpen tonight in Cleveland. And Xavier Curry is getting called up to... uh, to start game two. I don't know what the corresponding roster move is for this. I don't think they've officially announced the transaction yet. So we'll see what ends up happening here. But yeah, you're going to see an exciting rookie make his major league debut in game two of the traditional doubleheader. Now, who is Xavier Curry? Well, frankly, he's someone that's really rocketed up uh, the farm system in the last two seasons. He was he is the number 20 overall prospect according to MLB.com. He was a seventh round pick in 2019 
out of Georgia Tech, a college pitcher. He uh, he had arm problems in 2019, uh, shoulder problems in 2019, and then obviously the 2020 minor league season is canceled. So he doesn't actually start pitching until 2021. Drafted in 2019, doesn't actually debut for the farm system until 2021. And he covers three uh, levels of minor league baseball in 2021. He starts at low A, goes to high A Lake County, ends the season with a start for double A Akron, opens the season this year in Akron, goes five and three with a 3.65 ERA, and then gets moved up to Columbus where he's been really solid. Uh, Logan T. Allen got called up at the same time. He struggled a little bit at first. Curry is not. He jumped right into double A into triple A and actually had a better ERA than he had in double A. You don't see that often. Usually when a guy jumps a level midseason, those numbers inflate, they struggle, and then they come down That's when he, they start the next year back to what they've been doing. He went from a 3.65 ERA down to 3.09 ERA in six starts so far for Columbus. Uh, he's a heavy strikeout guy. A lot of strikeouts uh, for the uh, 2022 season split amongst two levels. He's up to 113 strikeouts to 30 walks. This guy knows how to strike him out. Uh, the batting average has even dropped against him going to uh, going up to AAA. He went from a 218 batting average against down to a 205. So really has made the most of going to uh, AAA. Uh, his fastball grades at a 55. Curveball grades at a 45. Slider at a 50. Changeup at a 45. His control is a 55 grade. Overall, he's a 45. They say his fastball sits in the low 90s. Uh, and that the slider has been his best secondary pitch so far. He's still working on the secondary stuff to see what's going to be breakout for him there uh, to complement the control over the fastball. So this guy strikes people out because he can locate, he can repeat his uh, high arm slot uh, and repeat his motion, and he's able to control the ball that way. So we'll see what he does against the Detroit Tigers. Can he rack up the strikeouts? like he had been doing. Uh, he When he reached double-A, he ranked third in the minors in strikeout-to-walk ratio at 7.7. That's very high. Uh, so this is all from a scouting report on MLB.com. So we'll see what he does in this one. Can he strike out a bunch of Detroit Tigers in the second game of a doubleheader? I think he can. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. MVP on the day. Before we get out of here, I think I've got to give it to Austin Hedges, I think I do. Two hits on the day, two RBIs. I mean, Bieber obviously pitched great. Miller with the two doubles was good. Nice to see that from him. Uh, Ahmed Rosario had three hits, three runs scored, and two RBIs on the day, including the solo home run. So there was a lot of good offense here. I just I was shocked. It was surprising to see Austin Hedges, uh, you know, get those two RBIs to drive in those two runs early. Uh, did a really good job of uh, you know extending this Guardians lead. A one-one game, you know, there's a big difference between a three-one game and a one-one game for uh, Shane Bieber on the mound. Uh, he also called a fantastic game for Bieber. So I think I gotta give Hedges. I gotta we gotta give him credit. We gotta give him. I think MVP on the day, despite a lot of Guardians having some really good offense. I thought Hedges. Uh, it was nice to see from him. It was it was big on this day. So the Guardians, they take the series up in Toronto. I think that's all my thoughts on this one. Uh, it was a really fun game. The Guardians get some great bounces. 
Bieber's fastball velo is back, which would be huge, huge for the playoff run. Now, there's a few things that could cause that, right? Is it the arm just getting healthy? Is it the work that they put in throughout the season? I mean, these guys constantly work on themselves throughout the season. Number one, to stay in shape, to make it to the end of the season, to improve as the season goes on. So we don't know. I mean, we always talk about the arm with Bieber, right? Because he had that shoulder inflammation because he had those shoulder problems. So is the arm feeling healthy? Where, you know, velocity comes from a bunch of different places, right? How you're releasing the ball, uh, your legs, velocity comes from your legs, the kind of push you're getting off the mound. So is it just that he's really, I don't know, we don't know exactly what he's been working on this, this season, but he has improved as the season goes on, and that's what's most important. So maybe if uh, Andre Na can get a hold of Bieber uh, and they can ask him, you know, what has caused that velocity to come back. But Hedges called it out, and he's absolutely right. Avila was back. At least it was yesterday. We'll see the next time he pitches with a different radar gun in Cleveland uh, if that velocity is still there at 93-94 because it's a big, big difference between 90-91 and 93 and 94. All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Again, the final from Toronto. It's your Guardian 7, the Blue Jays 2. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game. Let me know your thoughts on Bieber's velocity, on Curry making his debut, and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Baseball Morning.